This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA Media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. At 10.13 this morning, the police department received a call of an active shooter inside Covenant School, Covenant Presbyterian Church. The police department response was swift. Officers entered the first story of the school, began clearing it. They heard shots coming from the second level. They immediately went to the gunfire. When the officers got to the second level, they saw a shooter, a female, who was firing. The officers engaged her. She was fatally shot by responding police officers. There was a five-member team who was on the, that was on the second floor at that time. Two individuals from that five-member team opened fire on the shooter. We know at this point that this shooter is a female. Uh, she appears to be in her teens, although her identification has not been confirmed at this juncture. We know that she was armed with at least two assault-type rifles and a handgun. We are efforting now to identify her. She entered the school through a side entrance and traversed her way from the first floor to the second floor, firing multiple shots. In his State of the Union, the president called on Congress to do something to stop the epidemic of gun violence, tearing families apart, tearing communities apart. How many more children have, have to be murdered before Republicans in Congress will step up and act to pass the assault weapons ban? Welcome to the War Room. It's not Stephen K. Bannon, it's Natalie Winters. I'm filling in uh, while the general travels to East Palestine, Ohio. As you guys know, uh, we have sort of a, a town hall, but we got War Room Live from East Palestine starting tomorrow. So I'll be hosting just the five o'clock hour today. But don't go anywhere. I know Steve is pretty cool, but the show we got today is also going to be pretty exciting. We got a lot of news to cover. Obviously, uh, what you saw in that cold opening, what we want to talk to. Uh, Michael Patrick Leahy about, of course, from the Tennessee Star, the breaking, really unfortunate, saddening news of a school shooting that happened in Nashville with at least five dead confirmed. Uh, throughout the show, we have our our engine room, as Steve likes to call it, really keeping up to date if there's any breaking news, which I'll certainly bring to you. But in the meantime, it seems that we have about five dead. We do have a report that the shooter, even though in that video they said it was a teenager, they later uh, recanted and said that it actually was a 28-year-old, which has uh, at least reportedly been identified as an individual by the name of Audrey Hale, 
whose LinkedIn profile does include he, him pronouns. Again, this is all just reports, but coming from pretty solid sources. But before we get into what's going on there, uh, like I said, we have Michael Patrick Leahy from the Tennessee Star joining us. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Representative Andy Biggs, because I hear he's a very busy man, has to get out of here in a bit. But talking about schools and what's going on inside of classrooms, there was a recent vote on the parental rights bill, which you may have heard about. I was actually just up in Orlando at the House GOP Issues Conference where all the Republican members of conference come and convene together. They talk about an agenda forward. And this was sort of the hot topic, what a lot of people were discussing about a lot of the reasons why people opposed it and why people supported it. If I recall correctly, not a single member of the Democratic Party voted for it. And typically I would run the opposite direction and say any piece of legislation that no Democrats are voting for is something I would support. But I think the truth might be a little more nuanced than that. So, Representative Biggs, if you are indeed joining us and down the line, uh, I'd love for you to just give the War Room Posse sort of a brief rundown on what exactly this bill is, not just the summary that you can read of it, um, but why why you rather opposed it, um, specifically the powers of the federal government, if it's constitutional or not. Thank you for, for joining us. Yeah, Natalie, thanks for having me. First of all, what this bill does is it inserts the federal government into local decisions. And so ostensibly you say, well, yeah, we want parents to be able to see their kids' curriculum. We want parents to be able to to uh, know if there's gender affirming uh, courses going, if their ch- kids changing their pronouns, those types of things. We want to know all that stuff. But the question you have to ask yourself is, do you want the federal government inserting itself in doing that? First of all, and getting back to my analysis of this, I'd say, is is this constitutional? Well, there's no authority. We have we have uh, basically enumerated powers. We have a list of powers of, of areas that Congress can legislate in. Education is not one of those. And that means that something like the Department of Education probably needs to be completely eliminated, which, by the way, we happen to have a couple of pieces of legislation that do that. So if you really wanted to fix the education problem, you would get the federal government completely out of it, stop taking taxpayers' money and shipping it to these uh, woke schools all over the country. But that isn't what happened here. Uh, What happened here is they said, we're going to put down all these things that we know are hot button issues. And we're just going to say, we're going to legitimize the federal government and its role in your local education. And uh, I just simply could not go there. Uh, The last thing I I think you want the United States Congress to become is a super national, um, basically a super national uh, school board where you call me up and say, well, look, you know, my kid's not getting, I want to have an extra uh, conference with my kid's teacher. Well, that's what the local and state governments should be doing and the federal government should be getting out of it, out of it and get out of the way. That's why I think so many of my, uh, my not, not a lot of us, but just a few of my colleagues, I want to, don't want to speak for them, but that's why I voted no. So I'm just curious. It sounds like it is, is more the constitutional aspect, right, of, of the bill, which is why you opposed it. Obviously, you're here to empower parents. And frankly, the whole concept of a parental bill of rights sort of seems super, superfluous to me in the sense that parents should, you know, control what their kids are learning inside a class to begin with. But just, again, I think what scares me about this bill, which I think is what, what you discerned, too, you know, right now, obviously, Republicans control control Congress, obviously, Joe Biden's at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But what happens uh, when Democrats, if they potentially take back Congress, right, if they 
you know, I'd argue to the deep state, it's not even a democratic republic can issue. It's really just more the establishment and their power over whether it's the Department of Education or just the federal government more broadly. But do you think down the road that this could potentially be weaponized against us? Is that sort of your other fear, too? Yeah. So when I when I gave put out a video about this, you, people will see it at bigs.house.gov. But when I, I, I talk about if the federal government is going to – this this body controlled by Republicans, if this were to become law, which it, I don't think it will be, but if it were to become law, you would now have um, a precedent for the federal government to set local policy. And just think of this. What if a group of students say, well, we want to have, uh, have our own students' bill of rights or a teacher's bill of rights or a school administrator's bill of rights? I mean, what happens is now you – now you no longer have a defense to that and say we don't do that it's bad enough we have the department of education but at least at least that is in a a more narrowly confined lane than this what you've done now is you've spilled this thing out well beyond the bounds of where we sit today that's part of the problem and guess what you're exactly right natalie when we have a different administration in there and we're pretty close you got the senate controlled by dems the white house controlled by dems we only have a four-vote majority in the in the House. If that were to flip, guess what? You're going to see some even wilder and crazy stuff, and we won't have the defense that, gee, that's not in, in the federal government's lane. In fact, when it gets litigated, the courts are going to say, yeah, but the leg- Republicans themselves said legislative intent is to actually insert the federal government into the local and state uh, uh, realm. So it's, I think it exacerbates the situation and is really a, a hot potato that now is is going to be live. Yeah, especially after COVID. I don't know why we would want to extend or expand the power of the federal government anymore, yeah. but I think you get to the heart of the issue with this bill is that it also undercuts the local uh, level school boards, which I think we've seen unprecedented victories at. So it's sort of curious timing to be trying to kind of stymie and nullify uh, the potential efficacy that these groups could have over their districts, over their schools. Uh, to broaden the power of the federal government. Um, But then again, a lot of what gets done on the Hill by the hands of establishment Republicans, I can't really make sense of. And I have you just for a little bit longer, but I just want to get your sense on, you know, obviously you come on War Room a lot to talk about immigration, but I think this sort of encapsulates maybe some frustrations that the War Room Posse is having because we were promised investigations and subpoenas and impeachments of all these high-profile people who, believe me, deserve to have all of that happen to them and then some, right? But instead, we're pushing kind of, I would say, shoddily thought through bills about how to basically take power away from moms and and dads over their kids' education, but masquerading it and packaging it uh, as somehow giving them more power with it, with a fancy name. So just more, more broadly, you know, where are we going with these investigations? You know, we're wasting time with these parental bill of rights and other bills that don't really seem to be solving the fundamental issues. They sort of seem like a shiny object, a shiny toy. Um, but how do we actually make meaningful change, whether it's at the school boards of the border, immigration, Hunter Biden, you name it? You know, where, where do you stand on these investigations going on right now? And like I said, just a few minutes. Yeah, so we, we've been... Uh doing some investigation work. Uh, I was just at a deposition today. It's It's been going slowly because this administration has really, really put the speed stick down on cooperating with us. And so we're gonna have to start lift, uh, leveling up our game just another notch to start um, break, subpoenaing people and sending them to court and try to enforce it. Part of our problem is that the normal course for contempt 
uh, is to go through the Department of Justice, which, as you know, Natalie, they're not going to help us hold anybody in contempt and hold their feet to the fire. And I think that's why this administration has been been so uh, reluctant to help us. So, But we're working on that end of it. Uh, but I will just tell you one little thing is that, that's driving me crazy is we have eight uh, border security bills that are ready to go through in committee and um, it's being it's been held up here now for over a month and, and I'm hoping that we can get that untracked and get those going as well. So there's a lot of work to do. Uh, like you and like the War Room Posse, I am also very frustrated at our efforts to uh, um, hold this administration accountable and then also to secure our border. I don't think we can go through another two years without doing either one of those it's going to uh, perhaps make it irredeemably difficult to change uh, the trajectory of this nation if we don't get moving pretty quickly. It's kind of the fundamental question, I think, of the Biden regime. Are they just incompetent or is all of this actually calculated? And I think these investigations, if we get the answers we need, will evidence the latter, albeit a, a hard pill to swallow. Uh, Representative Biggs, thank you so much for joining us. How can people stay up to date with you uh, and what you're doing in terms of the investigations in the border? Thanks for having me, Natalie. You can go to my official site, biggs.house.gov. I have everything from a documentary about the border to uh, comments about that bill last week. Then you can also follow me at, at Rep Andy Biggs AC on Truth or Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we got a couple minutes before the break, so just to kind of give you a game plan of the show, we're going to bring in Michael Patrick Leahy after the break to talk about what's going on in Nashville, the breaking news. Like I said, the latest reports that we have are that the shooter has been identified as a 28-year-old individual by the name of Audrey Hale, who allegedly went to the school, attended it, uh, which was a K-6 through school, um, but does look to have he, him pronouns in their LinkedIn, or rather in his LinkedIn profile. Um, and then, of course, we have Representative Matt Gates joining us, too, to talk about immigration. If you guys watched the pretty epic Trump rally, uh, I believe it was just yesterday, time flies, um, or maybe Saturday, uh, he spoke there talking about how, unfortunately, we still have the problem, the just establishment Republicans who, believe it or not, are still supporting amnesty, um, specifically Tony Gonzalez, I think is someone that Matt Gates wants to talk about, um, really singling out how there's been votes on these bills that are really going to work on securing and closing the border, uh, really doing it, not just in terms of fences and, and structures, but really just making so that, you know, Mayorkas and the DHS and really Biden's radical, radical, radical policies with border agents uh, that they aren't allowed to continue an invasion of this country. But unfortunately, Republicans are not voting on the bill and they have issues because they don't think that it's providing enough leeway for a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants, or as we like to call them, illegal aliens. Stick around. We got a 90 second break. Uh, Matt Gates will be joining us. Michael Patrick Leahy, too. Hang in there. Buy gold and get a free safe to store it in. That's right. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And guess what? It's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. 
Hedge inflation by owning gold. Let me repeat that. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold and silver in your own safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text Bannon to 989898. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. I always say my favorite part of filling in for Steve though close second might be getting to talk to the pretty cool guests and talking to the warm audience is getting to do the MyPillow reads. So make sure you use promo code WARROOM. I know I should know all the specials and deals that we have and the cool the cool products, but that wasn't given to me. But I will say, I have used their blankets, and I'm a big fan of those. They have amazing specials on MyPillow 2.0, of course, better than, of course, MyPillow 1.0. you got to give it a try. Make sure you use code WARROOM. You know Mike Lindell is out there fighting for you for election integrity, so make sure you do the same for him. Uh, and really send a, I guess, a signal and a noise uh, to the big box retailers who kicked him out because he dared to take a stand for election integrity. Uh, getting back into what we opened the show with the clip of, like I said, the really heartbreaking news of I now, I guess, the total death count is seven people, including the shooter, um, from what happened earlier today in Nashville. We have Michael Patrick Leahy from the Tennessee Star, which does really fantastic reporting. I actually, uh, one of your, your news reporters I met not too long ago and was telling me about the operation you guys run there. You guys really, really, really provide great, great news. Uh, for people who not just live in Tennessee, but really the world at large. So thank you so much for joining me. Um, but if you could just kind of give us, you know, obviously the Tennessee Star, you're in Tennessee, just give us sort of an idea of what's happening there. We've played that mainstream media report, but the war room posse isn't always too keen on what the mainstream media says. So what's what's the deal here? What's going on exactly? You can see the story at TennesseeStar.com, TennesseeStar.com. Uh, the shootings took place at 10.13 a.m. this morning at Covenant Presbyterian School, that's a K-6 uh, uh, Christian school, uh, about a mile and a half from our studios here. It's in Green Hills, which is sort of an affluent neighborhood shopping area uh, in Nashville. At 10.13 a.m., police have confirmed a 28-year-old woman uh, entered the school from a side door that apparently was open, had two assault uh, rifles and a gun, and began shooting. Uh, 14 minutes later, uh, the police were there and shot the shooter dead. There are uh, six uh, dead uh, other than the shooter, seven total. Uh, three children aged nine, and then three adults on staff aged 60, 61, and 60. Um, the very sad news about that is that one of the adults, Catherine Kuntz, aged uh, 60, was the headmaster of the school. So uh, there are reports out there, as you've mentioned, that name of the individual, the 28-year-old woman. Uh, other outlets, including one here, have provided that name. Uh, but we have, we just spoke with the police and they didn't confirm that name. As soon as we have it, we'll record it. There also are some reports unconfirmed that the 28-year-old shooter, a woman, 
was previously a student at Covenant Presbyterian. It's a K-6 school, so this would have been some time ago. A sixth grader graduating would be 12 years uh, of age. And the school was founded, I think, in, in the early, early 2000s. Thank you so much for that kind of breakdown. I, I know if you were on the call or on the show, rather, in the opening, you saw we also played the White House's response. I'm sure people have also seen Joe Biden dancing around the stage talking about the flavors of ice cream that he came down to sort of say rather rudely and disrespectful to those parents. Um, honestly, I was going to play it, but it's so offensive. I, I don't know if the Warren Posse could muster up the strength to, to see through it, but I mean, you know, it's an interesting case because not only is it a female shooter, right, but it's a K through 12 school. It wasn't a student of the school, but you already have the White House sort of playing out their premeditated answer that they seem to have to basically any sort of mass shooting event, right? We need to focus on gun control. The problem is the guns, right? They've sort of identified what the variable, what the issue is. You know, what? obviously it's too early to speculate anything, but do, do you think that the White House's I would say, rather rash approach to blaming it all on gun control and the ease of accessibility to firearms is sort of premature. Um, and in just in, in, in general, why do you think the White House is rushing so quickly to make this an issue about gun control? We're really not focused on the White House, uh, what the White House is saying. We're focused on finding out what the facts were in this instance. And I think one key element is to look at the issue of safety in this K through six school uh, in a very nice part of town that should have easily been uh, protected. There's a report that they had an active uh, shooter training there a week ago. I think a lot of people are gonna wonder, well, what was that active shooter training? There are rumors all over the place here in Nashville about whether or not certain people were targeted, uh, some details about the shooter. We don't have any of that uh, right now. Uh, and we do expect, though, that there will be more details that we'll be reporting at Tennessee Star, TennesseeStar.com, throughout the rest of the day. Uh, and we're going to go to the original sources. In particular, we've been talking to Metro Police Department. And I have to say, Metro Police got the call at 10.13 a.m. They were there inside this building, which is a very, you know, very nice, very large building, uh, and had killed... Uh, uh, the, the shooter, the 28-year-old woman who was a shooter by 1027. That's 14 minutes. That was a very strong response. Um, there's nothing really good to come out of this other than to say uh, seven people dead if the police hadn't responded so quickly and effectively could well have been more. Yes, it's it's amazing that response. You compare and contrast that with what we saw in Texas. It's nice to know that our first responders are are there to do their jobs and keep us safe. If you could just let everyone know how we can stay up to date, not just with you, but of course the Tennessee Stars reporting on this breaking story, where they should go. Natalie, yes. Uh, go to TennesseeStar.com, TennesseeStar.com. Also, you can go to uh, my Twitter getter uh, and Truth Social uh, accounts, Michael P. Leahy, and we'll be posting all sorts of uh, the stories uh, as they develop in this terrible shooting, seven dead in Nashville this morning on Monday, March 27th. Thank you so much for joining us. You know, it's interesting, the, the, the Biden White House seems to have their go-to answer anytime there's some incident involving guns. It's always, we need more gun control. They ignore basically 
every fact of the case, right, doesn't matter. Gun control is always the answer, which is no surprise. We know that's always been their end game. But there's another talking point that always seems to be the sort of go-to, I would say, point for the establishment when it comes to any issue, whether it's cultural, economic, uh, really border security, you name it. And, and what is it? It's always more immigration. And it's not just the Democrats, it's the establishment Republicans too. So we're going to have Matt Gates from Florida join us in a little bit. I want to play a quick clip of him talking at the recent Trump rally, but we're really going to dig down for the remainder of the show with Representative Gates getting into what's going on up, up at the Hill uh, with regard to immigration, both illegal and legal, because I think the latter is often overlooked. But if Denver could play the clip, I think you have it, of uh, Representative Gates speaking. Let's roll that. We'll have him join us, cut to a quick break, and then we'll unpack what's going on. My friends, I have troubling news of unacceptable Republican betrayal on this point. House Republicans have been in the majority for three months. We've passed two bills regarding the borders of Indian tribes, and yet not a single bill to protect the border in the United States. Next week, we were scheduled to pass great reforms out of the House Judiciary Committee to enforce our laws and respect the rule of law. But just before I got on the plane to Texas, I received news that the bills would be pulled from consideration because pro-amnesty Republicans had concerns. You ask. Well, one of those pro amnesty Republicans is even from Texas. Tony Gonzalez doesn't think we should vote on bills unless we have an asylum hole big enough to drive the caravans through. Tony Gonzalez, maybe call him. Call him Amnestoni Gonzalez if he does not stand with us and let him know that Texas stands for a secure border and internal enforcement of our immigration laws. Gates may be pretty good at coming up with nicknames, but I have to say, no offense, I think Donald Trump is just a little bit better. Uh, but joining me down the line, I think we have Matt Gates up, do we? Awesome. Yeah, Matt, if you could... <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for joining um, if you could just sort of, we only have a few minutes, but I'm going to hold you over. Just sort of briefly contextualize the bills you're talking about. I think the borders, this, this big issue, but really get down to the nuts and bolts. Which bills, which resolutions are you talking about that have been tabled? Why, who, just sort of the basics. Yeah, we had legislation scheduled for a vote this week to deal with E-Verify, reinstituting the Remain in Mexico policy, enacting a detain or turn away strategy at the border so asylum seekers are not just released into our country, uh, reinstituting the remain in Mexico, uh, the, the Flores settlement fix, parole reform, uh, asylum reform as well. Had we done those things, there would have been little room for the Biden administration to escape when dealing with the border crisis. Instead, we remain stagnant without legislation prepared for the floor and deeply concerned that the Republican border strategy looks more like taking a bunch of trips to the border than moving legislation to the floor for an up or down vote. And it may be the case right now, Natalie, that there's not an immigration bill or a border security bill that can get the support of 218 Republicans 
But if we were willing to take 15 votes for the Speaker of the House, we should be willing to go through an iterative process and get bills on the floor and see what will pass. Yeah, we don't just want photo ops. We want investigations and impeachments and accountability. Hang through. We got about, I think, a 90-second break. Uh, then we'll be back. I want to get into that. Is this immigration debacle? Is it incompetence or is it intentional? I think it's the former, but Matt Gates is going to help us really understand why, how, and more importantly, what to do about it. Hang in there. We'll be right back from break. You got me and Representative Matt Gates uh, just after the break talking about immigration and what to do about it because the Biden regime seems to want to just keep the border open. Citizens, anyone who thinks they won't need emergency food isn't paying attention. Every day, the headlines get worse and worse and worse. Is the unthinkable next? It pays to prepare. That's why I seriously recommend you stock up on emergency food and you do it right away. You never know when the next shoe will drop, and when it does, emergency food will be hard to find. So get yours now. While it's on sale, go to MyPatriotSupply.com and check out their popular three-month emergency food kit. Right now, you'll save $200 per kit. Let me repeat that. $200 per kit savings. Each kit gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, providing over 2,000 calories per day for optimum strength and energy. Act now and claim your $200 savings per kit. You'll sleep better knowing your family won't suffer if the worst ever happens. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, and you'll enjoy free shipping, too. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. Bipartisan effort to to deal with this issue at the border. Republicans still haven't put forward their proposal sure. with a budget. What is it you're asking for? I'm asking for a border package that focuses on securing the border and an immigration package that focuses on legal immigration. Both the Republican Party and the Democratic Party often get it wrong when they focus on illegal immigration. And I'm going to do everything in my power, whether it's to buck my own party or buck the, uh, the other party, to be able to say we have to have real tangible solutions. H.R. 29 is a prime example, this Border Safety and Security Act. It does anything but secure the border. So guess what? That bill in particular, it's dead. Yeah. There's no way it's going to get on the floor. I'm going to do everything in my power to prevent that because in my district, people yeah. are dying and we need real solutions, not political rhetoric. Just enraging. These establishment Republicans are up to their same old dirty tricks. Before we get back to really getting into who and why and what exactly is going on with Representative Gates, I got to make sure you guys go to Birch Gold. Uh, I think it's birchgold.com slash war room. I could be wrong. Um, and make sure you download volume three of the end of the dollar empire. I will say, I think you guys know by now that I went to the University of Chicago, which is at least allegedly, purportedly used to have a very good economics department. Now I'm not so sure what exactly they're up to, except kicking me out of their sorority. Real War Room listeners will know that story. Um, but I did take an economics class there, and I will say I, have, too, have read a lot of this, these Birch Gold resources that Steve have done, and they're absolutely wonderful. And I have learned more from them than I ever did in a class at the University of Chicago in their School of Economics. So I highly, highly, highly recommend. Make sure you head over to Birch Gold to check that out. Like I said, volume three of the end of the dollar empire. But speaking of the end of empires, I also think this crisis of illegal immigration could potentially lead to the end of the United States. Not that we're an empire, but 
definitely, I think, poses an existential threat, not just illegal immigration, but legal immigration, too. So we, I think, have still have Representative Gates down the line with us talking about what he's doing to fight for you guys and protect not just really the national security of this country, but defend your wages against continued, uh, really, suppression uh, by the global elites of the world who seem to point to unfettered illegal immigration as the answer to basically every single problem. Um, so, Matt, can you just sort of explain, because like I said, I, I think the border issue, it's so big, right? It's so massive. It's so hard to wrap your head around. You know, who exactly the key players are in all of this, right? It seems like Tony Gonzalez is a name that the Warren Posse needs to get familiar with. Um, but what really is, is going on on the Hill in terms of legislation, what you think the path forward is? And please don't be shy about giving names of members that the War Room Posse needs to make calls to, because I've heard they're pretty darn good at that. Well, you heard right there, Tony Gonzalez say that the legislation we are fighting for to either detain or turn away at the border is dead on arrival because he says so. So he's likely influenced some other pro-amnesty Republicans. On our side, we have border hawks like Chip Roy and Dan Bishop and Jim Jordan. We've got Andy Biggs and Tom McClintock leading some of our substantive border committees. And we are working to reduce crime. We are working to secure the border. And the crux of the disagreement centers around asylum reform. And what the pro-amnesty Republicans want is an asylum hole big enough to run all of the caravans through. And we believe that that asylum determination ought to be made quickly and it ought to be made such that every person who is escaping for a better life doesn't get to make our life worse as a consequence. And that's what we're seeing now. Um, so that is a big part of the fight. But another big part of the fight are the moneyed interests in big business. You pose the question whether or not the fact that we don't have a border bill, an immigration bill on the floor right now to reform these things is incompetence or is it a feature of the system? And I would argue that there are a lot of people in this town who control a lot of Republicans who would love to depress wages, who would love to keep the border open. And they love the posture of the Republican conference to be, well, we're disagreeing a lot. You know, we can't get Matt Gates and Andy Biggs on the same side as Tony Gonzalez. So we're just not going to do anything, going to continue to allow thousands of people to flow across our border on a weekly basis, millions during this presidency. And that's why we need to have these votes so the American people can see who is on what side. And I don't mind if the consequence is that we have to maybe put the bill up more than once. There seems to be this theory in Washington, the Republican leadership and the Democrat leadership have it, that if you put a bill up and it doesn't have the votes, that that's some great calamity, that that's catastrophic. I actually think that's how you can move the ball forward. That's how you can build pressure on those who say one thing on their campaigns when just about every Republican was talking about a border, the border issue. They say one thing when they go to the border and they talk about how horrified they are. But then when it actually comes to advancing the solutions to solve the problem, so many of them uh, retreat to the comfort of the complexity of the issue. And it's actually not that complex. If we do the physical barriers, if we utilize the best made in America technology, and then if we turn people away or detain them, you will have a, a sufficient downward pressure on the crisis. And the cartels will get the joke. So that's my frustration right now. Uh, it is entirely appropriate for the War Room Posse to reach out to members 
of Congress in both parties and say they expect to see action. They expect to see votes. And right now, we are, I think, taking votes on very frivolous issues like the Parents' Bill of Rights, which, by the way, could definitely be better solved at the state and local level than by the United States Congress becoming America's school board. But yet somehow we put that bill up and we're lagging on our border work. That's what we've got to fix. Yeah, these border trips, I think, are just defensive. I see so many. It seems like every day there's a different member of Congress going down to the border to do a photo op. It's like they're social media influencers. And meanwhile, nothing's changing. They're taking selfies. As as you said, the holes in the border wall are big enough behind them for the caravans to be getting rammed through. I think it's an affront to the American people and the war room posse, the people whose wages and livelihoods and, frankly, lives are at risk and at danger uh, because of these haphazard policies. But you bring up, you know, this idea that there's just no action. And, frankly, the action that we're seeing is on issues and bills like the, you know, uh, parental bill of rights that aren't really where we should be wasting our time and energy, especially when we just had massive victories at the local school board level. So, of course, the other issue that Steve always loves to talk about, the debt ceiling. So just where are we on that, you know, in in terms of the vote, in terms of kicking the can down the road? Has there been any movement since you've last been on here to talk about it? What does the war room posse need to know? The good news is that this week, Congressman Andy Biggs is going to be proposing a series of cuts that would actually result in us not having to raise the debt limit. If we did the clawbacks of COVID money, if we cut a lot of these unconstitutional agencies like the Department of Education, like the ATF, if we substantially decreased our foreign aid, if we imposed work requirements on some of these entitlement programs, these social service programs uh, where people were able-bodied and childless and could work and otherwise choose not to, then we could realize sufficient savings to not be up against it on the debt limit. So I'm going to be supporting the Biggs plan that he's going to be laying out. I'm also very encouraged by the plan released by the Freedom Caucus. So I think we've got some ideas out there. I don't know if they're going to get 218 votes, though, because I also have some Republicans in our conference who, if there's any cut to you know almost anything, they, they get a little squeamish. So we're working to get the fiscal hawks aligned with some of our members in Biden plus 10 districts, and we're going to work to to advance that strategy. But I think that people should really be on the lookout for the bigs budget and the deep cuts that, if accomplished, would result in no need for a raise in the debt limit. It's funny, Matt. I, I think if I remember correctly, you were on your, your high school debate team so was I. And I feel like people like me and you look to bodies like Congress. I can see you smiling. I know you love your, your years as a debater. Uh, but look to Congress. Look to the House floor as a place where these bills should be debated. And it shouldn't just be where you have a vote, right? When you were doing your, your, your wonderful, wonderful, I would say, epic battle crusade against Kevin McCarthy, that was, you know, those C-SPAN ratings were probably the highest they had ever been, right? The American people want to see that. So I'm just curious, right? You're, you're talking about these issues and people are introducing packages. Is the reason that there's not debate on this, is it, is it because it's all a facade and at the end of the day, it's just the moneyed interest, right? It's like immig- the immigration issue, for example. They don't actually want to debate on this because they know that they couldn't actually defend their policy positions because they're totally disaligned with the interests of the American people. They're America last to their core. Uh, but it just, it seems so from an outside perspective, it just seems like 
Congress isn't debating, and it seems like that's at least maybe it's my naive perception, but that's what they're supposed to be doing. So A, when is that going to happen? And and B, just on the investigations, because anytime I have a member of Congress on, I always like to just ask them, because I think the Warren posse is rightfully upset that we haven't really been seeing the results that we've wanted. But going forward, when are we going to be able to really hold to account these pro-amnesty rhino sellouts? But more importantly, the people, which I would argue are probably part of the same group, uh, who are really impeding these investigations. Just what's the latest on true accountability? Uh, as to the lack of debate on the border, the lack of debate itself is illuminating. And that's why I'm here working to engage the American people to push Congress to actually advance border security legislation and the reforms to stop the flow of these people from coming into the country. That was supposed to be happening this week. And the fact that it isn't is a failure of our system. As for the investigations, I am pleased at some of the transcribed interviews that we've been able to conduct and the whistleblowers who have come forward. The challenge is when we're conducting our investigation, we have Democrats who are actually trying to obstruct and impede the investigation who are a part of it. Remember, during the January 6th investigation, it was Democrats, Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, all wearing the same jersey. Here, we've had Democrats try to smear and discourage whistleblowers, patriotic Americans who've told us bad things that the FBI is doing. But the, the overall concern I have is with political capture over this government and then the consequence of that political capture is that the agencies reward their friends and hurt their enemies. And we'd actually like to think that the Department of Justice and the FBI are above that, but at times they're some of the worst offenders. So right now our investigation focuses on the censorship industrial complex and with the work that the FBI, Department of Justice, CDC, White House were doing to try to control the very nature of truth itself, something you know quite well on the war room because you face those headwinds. And the theory is you have to break through that so there is a sufficient delivery system for what we have to share with the people about the Biden family and their corruption. I think it's very telling and uh, very indicative of progress that now we can show the exact pass-throughs that managed Chinese Communist Party money into the bank accounts of every grifter in the Biden family. We can now connect there, the dots on that. There are, there are a lot of them. <laughs> the it. money coming straight from the People's Liberation Army. Matt, where can people stay up to date, not just with your wonderful podcasts, but all of the epic work that you're doing to really hold these establishment Republicans to account? Uh, my podcast is Firebrand. It's everywhere on the internet, but most folks like watching through Rumble. And I am at Matt Gates. G-A-E-T-Z and at Rep Matt Gates, just about everywhere on the internet. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're coming up against a break. We got Ben Burkwam on the other side, but on the topic of the censorship industrial complex, which is a very good term for it because it is an institution in and of itself. I'm working on a story right now about how the federal government, specifically the National Science Foundation, it's not just using your tax dollars to fund the fact checkers and create more fact checkers, but actually to create a merger, a fusion between artificial intelligence and fact checkers. So someone pretending to be you can basically reply in your comment section um, and give the establishment sanctioned narrative on any issue, whether it's the shooting that just happened, climate change, you name it. Um, it's, it's certainly interesting and I think almost as much of a waste of taxpayer funds as what was going on at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 
Stick around, we'll be right back with Ben Burkwam down in East Palestine. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. That's iTargetPro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want download now i've had the true privilege and i mean that in its entirety uh the truest really of all the privileges in my life of working with steve now for i think it's been about two or three years he doesn't sleep but he's still probably the smartest man i've ever known i don't know how he does it um but i think the answer is the my pillow and i can only imagine that he's only going to get smarter with the my pillow 2.0 so if you want to be like steve be ahead of the game be the smartest person in the room I think you got to use promo code WARROOM and get yourself a MyPillow 2.0 because if you don't try, you'll never know. Uh, but like I said, we got Ben Burkwam joining us. I think he should be down the line. Uh, he's in East Palestine, Ohio. I remember I remarked the last time I was hosting this show that if only the crisis, the chaos that happened in East Palestine had happened in Ukraine, could you imagine the response that we would have seen in the taxpayer funds and probably the bailout that would have happened there? But I think the to go with the riff of this show, imagine if the train derailment and the intentional spill of those chemicals had happened near the southern border impacting illegal aliens. I'm sure Joe Biden would have done the first thing he would have done and flown down there and given a whole speech. But because it happened in the flyover state of Ohio, the place where it doesn't matter, none of Joe Biden's friends live there, right? None of the elite donor class, they don't live there. It doesn't matter. They're Trump voters. We don't care, right? They're not going to do anything. But that's not necessarily true yep. because we have Real America's Voice. We have people like you who have been down there covering this story from the inside out. But I think you also have an interesting juxtaposition because you also cover the border too. So just really, I think, hammer at home for people the lack of resources that have been really directed to this area that has been really hardly hit. Meanwhile, you have illegal aliens getting, you know, everything in their mother for free subsidized by taxpayer dollars. Well, it is. It's absolutely disgusting. As as Matt Gates just said, Congressman Gates, uh, this is a reflection of the pathetic, inept rhino Republicans, unfortunately, that still exist 
in Congress. And that we, we have to rid ourselves of them. Uh, we've gotten rid of many. We got rid of Liz Cheney, uh, Kinzinger, and a few others. But there are still those in Congress who need to go. And, and really, to Matt's point, this is why it's so critical that these votes, Kevin McCarthy needs to have pressure put on him to force these votes to the floor so that the American people can see just who these pathetic, inept, limp-noodle Republicans really are uh, so that we can get them out of there. And this, all this does, not voting on these issues, is protect them. Uh, and they can say, well, I didn't, I, you know, I didn't vote no because there was never a vote. They have to, they have to vote on this. Uh, and the only person now, Joe Biden's not going to do it. Chuck Schumer's not going to do it. Kevin McCarthy is the only person in Congress that has the power to at least show who's on our side and who's not. And, and here in East Palestine, we're actually at the restaurant. We're outside the original roadhouse. This is where we're going to be tomorrow. Uh, Steve Bannon, as you mentioned, uh, he's Natalie. He's, uh, it's such an honor to work with him. He is one of the smartest guys I know. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be down here for the people. And this is, you know, it's, it's sad. It's tragic that we have to be here. But I want to show you just how close this is. This all starts just to give the audience uh, a little perspective. I'm going to have Ben kind of jog with me because it's a little ways around the corner here. But uh, this just shows you how, how, uh, what a direct impact this, this derailment had on the community. Right here behind the restaurant, we've got the creek where the contaminated water flows. Uh, it comes right out from where the, the tracks laid. We just heard a railroad, uh, a train go by us. And you've got the creek where this, this material is flowing down. And just off, if we come down a little bit further, Ben, just down behind me here, you can actually see all of these machines, these generators. These are the pumps that are aerating the water to pr basically protect the fish is what we're being told. Uh, they're aerating it to try to get the chemicals out of the water, put it back in the air, which seems ridiculous because uh, all that's doing is putting it back for the people to be breathing. But the biggest issue that I've seen is the fact that the what they're not doing is dredging these these creeks and these waterways. And, and from my experience in being here, the only way to get this stuff out, that rainbow material, the chemicals that came out of that train, is to actually remove the silt and the, the sediment from there. It's all down in the sediment. You stir up, or even right now, you go down there, throw a rock in it, the rainbow comes back up. Um, and this is almost two months. Again, this happened February 3rd for people that have been following it. Almost two months ago, Joe Biden still has not been here. So he has not only abandoned us on the southern border, he's abandoned the people of East Palestine. But that's why Real America's Voice is here is to, to show the reality of this and, and to give the forgotten man, whether that be on the border or here in East Palestine, a voice. Wow, that's just, just amazing reporting. Thank you for showing us that. Now, I only got like a minute, so give me your socials. But before you do that, I'm just curious. You've been in East Palestine for a while now. How many people are back home? Do you get a sense how many people are no longer there? You know, do people feel safe to live there? Like I said, we only got about a minute. And please give your, your socials and where people can get in contact with you at the end. Um, but has life well, returned to normal? Well, for, Is that even in the question? Yeah, well... Well, sadly, most of the people here work for a living. I mean, uh, uh, not sadly, but that's the reality of it. And most people can't just up and leave. The, uh, the uh, Norfolk Southern was only providing reimbursement for people that were affected in the one-mile radius of the disaster zone, and they've quit doing that for most people. And so almost everyone is forced back to, to move back home. But the concern is still there. The first person we ran into in Youngstown, Ohio, which is 30 minutes from East Palestine, is a woman who has not returned to her home because every time she comes back, she gets sick. So the, the, the reality is nobody knows how long these effects are going to take. Uh, nobody knows the, ultimately the long-term effects. But that's why you know, it's, it's critical that and, we expose uh, this and force the federal government yes. to do their job.
And where can at people find you real quick? Awesome. It's funny. I'm sure yeah, Norfolk Southern thinks they have social a... social media. Awesome. Thinks that they have a pretty high diversity, equity, inclusion, and ESG score, right? But where are they when the American people need them? ESG doesn't mean much when you're ruining people's places, people's homes, people's backyards, the rivers behind the cafes that they go to eat at. And, oh, they don't care. But you know what they do care about? If you live in Silicon Valley, you'll get a bailout. It's the globalist America last to its core. It's on full display. But luckily, luckily we have Steve and the whole team down there to really show you what's going on, get a town hall opportunity with the people. We only got... A few seconds left, but the police in Nashville did just confirm that the shooter is Audrey Hale, previously Aiden, who happens to be transgender. Now, I'll set the clock for how long it takes for the mainstream media to bury that story because it doesn't fit the narrative just like they did with East Palestine, the border, inflation, the true origins of COVID. They're all liars. And so is the federal government, which I think we learned from today's show. Thank you so much. I'm Natalie Winters. 10 a.m. tomorrow, East Palestine, Ohio. Steve, the whole team, thank you for hanging with me. Have a good one. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize That heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.